Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast by asweatlife.com on which we talk to high achievers about their goals. This week is different. I am Gina Anderson, Cohen, founder and CEO of A Sweat Life. And I feel like I've been saying that sentence a lot, but this week is different because it kicks off a theme that we're going to follow for the month of May. And that is body positivity and plus size inclusivity in the wellness space, laddering up to mental health and well being. And all of this was kicked off by an email that we got from one of our ambassadors, Sarah Piggott. Sarah is here with us and she is a guest on the podcast. After we got the email, I said, Sarah, let's just have this conversation on tape. Let's do this thing and first clean up our house before we start having conversations with tastemakers and influencers in the plus size wellness space. So let's welcome Sarah to the podcast. Sarah, tell us about yourself before we jump in. Sure. I am a plus size blogger, officially curvy. Um, The name means um, that I have officially accepted my body. I am plus size and I'm not changing it, Um, but I'm also remaining healthy and well. Sure are. Sure are. And how long have you been in a sweat life ambassador? Actually, like a year and a half. Yeah. Uh, it feels like just yesterday, but also forever. Cause it feels like you've been in the family forever. Mm-hmm. The pandemic will do that to you. <laughs> it sure will. <laughs> it sure will. And get, uh, talk a little bit about the circumstance like, leading up to you writing that initial email. Like what, what were the thoughts and feelings that you wanted to get out there? So one of my goals for joining a sweat life was to um, grow my social network, which is happening more virtually than in person, but it is what it is. Um, but I also wanted to bring more attention to size inclusivity within the fitness world, because when I was stalking the, a sweat life community, I noticed, and I, I never wanted to attend an event because everybody looked so fit. So I, I didn't want to be the only plus size person there, but when I finally signed up and, um, I went to the summit, there were people of all sizes. So I felt immediately at ease. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not the only one with not a like buff body. <laughs> yeah, I think, and I, I think we're making a lot, we're internally, like we've been talking a lot about how we can be better about portraying the inclusivity and and equity uh, among the community. But I, I think getting emails like that one and from a couple of other members of the community, like Katya, um, balancing cat on Instagram, we'll tag her in the comments, has been really instrumental because um, like any group who's underrepresented, um, often, sadly, it falls on you in the beginning to sort of say like, I'm here too. And we, I hate that, <laughs> I hate that. Um, can you, can you talk a little bit about like what, what you'd like the future to be at a sweat life and, and kind of what, what you'd like to see changed and then we'll jump into the rest of the world. Sure. Um, <laughs> honestly, I, I see that things are being changed with a sweat life now. Um, but just more inclusivity with different sizes, more, um, with the marketing, more sizes, more diversity, 
Well, I think photo representation is kind of what you're talking about here. Like what, what you see in the photos and the, the people who were tapping, right? Well, but it's all like, it's also where you're getting your information. Like, Mm -hmm. are those people thin or are those people in the, like, do they represent the plus size industry? Mm -hmm. Like the writers. Yeah. That's well. And like the, yeah, the content. Yeah. Yeah. So we went through an exercise with, with both you and Katya, when we were working through an athlete, a piece about Athleta and their new like extended sizes line and, and how they were changing their shopping experience. And I think that was eye-opening for our team too, because just writing about it wasn't enough. Um, understanding like the breakdown of why we were writing it, like the way we were presenting the information and also like how it would be taken by the people it actually impacted uh, was incredible. And and you served as such a resource in that too. And we'll, we'll share after this and in the show notes, um, a code that you can use for Athleta online, right? Yeah, we sure will. <laughs> and, and, and actually I do have to say it wasn't, it was just a relaunch. They had already mm-hmm had extended sizes, but they upped their marketing. They put uh, plus size mannequins in the store and just kind of relaunched it. Yeah. They made the shopping experience feel like everyone belongs. Mm-hmm. Let's actually, before we jump into our questions, let's let's talk about what, what shopping for clothes is like. Do you want to share a little <laughs> bit about that? <laughs> um, well, with one of the leading plus size companies that just just announced they were pulling back on their plus size line, Loft, let's just name it. You know, it's not really fun. Um, shopping as a plus size person is not the same as shopping as a straight size person. You can't go in, a, you can't walk into any store, find your size on the rack, you have to ask if the store carries plus size, which really you pretty much know that they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, or it's just online. So then you have to just go online, which is fine. And it's fine during the pandemic, but then you have to try, then you have to buy two sizes. If you're in between, you have to like, then you have to return and then people at the store hate you for returning it because it kills your day. So it's not the most fun experience. Um, and you don't have the dressing room experience of like trying on clothes with your friends. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, and I under I understand why you're crying because it's like it's this quintessential like you watch Clueless you watch like any high school stupid movie right. and like the montage scene the every high school girl movie has a montage scene where girls are together trying on clothes and it's kind of like an expectation you have like this is a thing that we do in our lives that you just I understand that feels like a loss is what I'm getting from you is that accurate. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of why I became a blogger because I found so much community within the Instagram blogging world because we, we talk that that's our fitting room experience Mm -hmm. essentially. Mm -hmm. 
And okay, so let's talk about our relationships with our bodies. Cause I think you you did great and you got through those sentences, man. I'm really proud of you. But let's 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 talk about our relationships with our bodies. Cause I think they're ever changing. Like we we both before we started recording, like we're in our 30s. And I think in your 30s, you kind of like you you settle in to a life you like do. this. Yeah, this is this is who I am. Yep. Um, so I I'd love and and we're gonna kind of go back and forth and talk about like each one of us answering these questions, but I'd love to know, like, how has your relationship with your body evolved? Um, so I ran a half marathon and I was like, with running 13 plus miles in, in within a week, I was like, if this does not make me thin, then this like, then this is it. And I, I mean, I did, I did the novice training of the Hale Higdon training program, which is running short distances, but also weight training. And I really enjoyed that schedule of working out, but I also only lost like a half a size. So I, I was, I was thinking, well, if, (laughs) if running 13 miles doesn't make me lose a ton of weight, then maybe this is just my size. And that's kind of when I fully accepted that I was still just a plus size person. <laughs> I mean, we can, we can remove, take the word just out of that. Like, and just yeah. like, yeah. And tell me, okay. So tell me when was that? That was in 2014. Okay. So we're year seven, year seven of like, Oh yeah. Year seven. Years. So yeah. So I'm, I've like fully accepted it. Um, that has, given me grace and shopping. Like I don't care about it anymore. Like it doesn't bother me that much. And, you know, now I work out to work out for my mental health. Yeah. And I think that's the kind of fitness that we want to be more, that we want to support on a sweat life. We don't talk about like weight loss. Um, no, you don't, you don't. Or, or like do before and after photos. And that's no knock to anyone who does that, but it's just not our thing because we, we think like moving is your ticket to better mental health Mm -hmm. and better, like better clarity on your goals, et cetera. Um, but I, I have to say, like, I spent a lot of years before that mentality thinking like I'm working off X I'm working for, Mm -hmm. you know, like working off and like, I'm working so that I can, um, have like a binge drinking weekend in college. You know, it was always like I worked out seven days a week in college so that I could drink copious amounts of, of I always I always worked out so that I wasn't the fattest bridesmaid. Oh <laughs> or or I wasn't like and I I mean I always was the biggest bridesmaid, but <laughs> um shopping for a bridesmaid's dress. I was living in DC and I had to go to this store and bridesmaids dresses are always like five sizes larger than your normal yeah. size. And this woman, she measured me and she was like, okay. And she whispered my size because she, I, I think she was either embarrassed to say the size or like, she didn't want to embarrass me. And I was like, I was prepared for this. Like you <laughs> mentally prepare yourself going into this, going into any shopping experience. Yeah. <laughs> And also why bridesmaid dresses? Why, why are they sized that way? Why? No idea. 
It's a whole industry conspiring against us. (laughs) Convincing us to buy a size that's like one too small um, because you've got five months. (laughs) Right, exactly. Um, so it's interesting because it sounds like the, the thing that really like spurred your journey to like love and peace with your body was, was that half marathon. Um, and is that also how you kind of found a more regular fitness routine or did you already have one before that? Well, um, yes and no, I have worked out you know, all, all through my life, but the goal was always to lose weight. Mm -hmm. And now it's more about finding work workouts that I enjoy finding community. And, uh, since I got asthma, figuring out how to work out after like an asthma sickness, like, um, whenever I get sick, it always elongates my cold. So then I can't work out as hard or like as much. Mm-hmm. So just figuring that out for me was a big part of joining a sweat life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. F- finding the, the peaceful workouts that won't give you an asthma attack. Yeah. Yeah. I have, a, I actually side note, I have a friend who swam like that was her asthma because the methodical way you breathe, um, was really helpful oh. to her. Um, so if that's an option for you, if you have access to a pool. I, well, I grew up with a pool, so I love Uh, swimming. Um, that is, that is something I do for working out. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Let's talk about food because I think food, food factors in and and food is also a topic that we had come up on, um, one of our body positivity workshops that we did with the full ambassador community. And it also is just, it's, it's constantly being fed to us. Well, first of all, because it's food, but like new rules are constantly being fed to us on Instagram and everywhere we look. So how is, how is your relationship with food evolved too? Um, I gave up diet culture probably two years ago. Mm -hmm. It was kind of when I started blogging, I realized how triggering diet culture and food talk and this and that really was. Mm -hmm. And that was something new to me. Um, because my mom's a nurse. I've always been taught to eat. I've always, you know, like don't skip meals, don't do this, you know, but diet culture is always around. So whenever, you know, bridesmaid where wedding seasons happen, you always try to like diet and like find the quickest way to lose weight. And so just giving that up and giving up the rules one has really helped during the pandemic because that would have been awful. It, it just like allowing yourself to give grace, like giving yourself grace to eat whatever you want or to enjoy the foods that you're craving mm-hmm. is just beneficial. Yeah. I, I just think restriction, restriction just triggers something in your brain too, where you're, you're, you constantly are thinking about it. At least I am as, as like, I have rebel tendencies. Hello, Gretchen Rubin. But, um, right. And the second you say like, this is bad, something in your brain is like, well, fuck you. <laughs> um, I, I know I also had like some pretty disordered eating in, uh, as a pretty young kid, like middle school, um, and figuring out pretty quickly, like I 
stopped my period. Like I didn't get my period until I was 15. Like I, you know, like all of these things happened because of it. And then realizing on the other side that I want to run, I want to live forever. <laughs> like, And it's not worth it. Yeah. I've had friends get disordered eating, situ- disordered eating. Yeah. Dis- eating disorders. Ha- you could say eating disorders or have disordered eatings or problems with disordered eating. Like so many ways to language now. Yes. <laughs> um, and so I saw them and how they dealt with it. And I learned from that, you know, I was like, not that I don't want that, but I don't, I'm Italian. So I value food yeah. like with, with everything. So I don't know. I, I just learned from my friends that I would rather eat than not. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, I know. I, so there was like a period of time, a couple of years actually, when I was doing intermittent fasting, oh, yeah. um, yeah. And it's because we were like, we were traveling all the time and I kept in my head, like justifying it, um, as well, this is because we're traveling and it helps like reset your circadian rhythm and it helps with X, Y, and Z. Um, and then we hosted a workshop on intermittent fasting, like as a brand, um, and, we got a DM from someone and it was like someone who was literally like, I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> like you've never stood for diet culture and this is diet culture. And something in me was like, Oh, oh, <laughs> like one. Yeah. I, I think in my head, I was like, no, this is a lifestyle. <laughs> and, then, and then I was like, well, is, is, um, what am I, I'm trying to think of like the whole 30 is the whole 30 lifestyle or is it a diet? I'm like, it's a diet. So is this the lifestyle or is it a diet? It's a fucking diet. Unlearning all of it is, it's so, it's such a clusterfuck. Yeah. Like it, it is. We're like, just going to mark this as explicit. <laughs> just do it. Well, <laughs> I did it too. I did it first. Keep going. <laughs> it's just, it's just like all of the unlearning that you need to do for diet culture is wild. And I, I was even, I was at my boyfriend's house and he was cooking pulled pork, but it was from a package. And I was like, wow, this is a really lazy way to cook because you didn't make it. You don't know what's been put into it. Like that, that is still diet culture. Like that in your head is still diet culture. And I, I was like, but this is so just so convenient. We've been cooking for like 365 days. (laughs) straight. Like this is what it's come to. Like, yeah. And and that's fine. And it was a fine meal. (laughs) Yeah, it was fine. Would it have been more delicious if you'd made it from scratch? Maybe, but also it would have taken you all day. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, so I guess we've chatted a bit about like our relationships with our body, our relationships with food, and our relationships with fitness, but is there anything else you want to say about like your evolving relationship with fitness? You know, my evolving, especially in the pandemic, it's just like to do it. It's just continually reminding myself that it's not for weight loss. Like it doesn't have to be like 30 minutes long or an hour and a half Mm -hmm. fit, like workout. It's just even like a 10 minute stretch class with Peloton or Mm -hmm. a 10 minute yoga flow with Peloton. And I'm not endorsing Peloton here, (laughs) but, but I'm really, the 10 minute classes are genius. I mean, you can do them as I quote, like instead of a smoke break, like I'm not a smoker, but 
like if if you can do it during work and no one notices thank you nobody notices yeah (laughs) but it's genius because then you get movement during the day and then and then you can carry on with the rest of your pandemic life right now yeah pandemic life no you're doing great um I want listener at home. I want you to know that Sarah was extremely nervous to do this and she is doing so well. Um, but because I mean, you choose your words, you know, like you, you often are in like a written form, right? And this is a little more, I'm much better written than I am interviewed. (laughs) I disagree. I think you're doing great. Um, so for me, exercise has been an evolving practice too. Cause I, like I was saying before, it was always like, what can I burn off? What can I like put in. And even like after I started a sweat life, I remember making, making comments here and there. Um, generally it, it had to do with like deciding whether or not to have kids, which is really interesting. Cause I, I would say, I would say some, some amount of the sentence, I just got my abs the way I want them. So I don't want kids, which is so stupid. And I literally said that to a pregnant person once, (laughs) like to a pregnant person. And I remember being like, you're a monster. You have to stop this. And that's not the answer. Um, I've since apologized to her. It was Kate Lemire, (laughs) um, (laughs) but, but then like, what's interesting is after I had this, I had this gigantic surgery over summer of 2020. And I now have this like pretty big scar up and down, like vertically through my belly button on my stomach. And I remember waking up from that surgery and I was finally free from that feeling, which was wild not having a wanting abs. Yeah. I was like, well, this is my life now. (laughs) Who cares? (laughs) You didn't freak out. I kind of did because when I did a little bit, I did for, I would say, I mean, I go back and forth, honestly, because there are days when I'm like, this is my scar and I'll just wear like a, a, like matching two piece crop top outfit. And this is my body. And then there are other days where I'm like, what will people like, will people stare? What will they think? Cause it's just a scar. Who cares? Um, I go back and forth, but the first couple weeks I remember freaking out because it was healing and it was like a gash, like a scary gash with staples, um, right down my stomach. And just looking at it, it was like, I wouldn't let my husband look at it. I would not let my husband look at it at the hospital. And that, that was so ridiculous until the last day. And when I showed it to him, I, I like wept. Our, I like, it's a, it's a scar. <laughs> it's a scar that kept you healthy. Exactly. Like it's a scar. Um, yeah. And it's, it's so funny because we, we put so much, like I'm putting air quotes around this humans at home, but wait, we put so much weight around like one part of our body or one like muscle group that we're working towards. And honestly, at the end of the day, like it doesn't matter if you're mentally fine, if you're striving towards your goals and, and if you love yourself, it's more about loving yourself and not giving, not giving a fuck about what other people think, because if you're, yeah, if you're healthy and you're doing what you want, but that doesn't always happen because as I was saying before, I was wearing my sweat life sweatshirt and I walked into a yoga class at my gym that I am a paying member of. I was looked up and down by the instructor. Like, how are you in a sweat life? It's, it's a, like a fitness community. And I'm, it's like plus size people can't be involved in fitness. Like wh- how is that the case? Yeah. And I think that that's a good 
place to jump off to language too. Cause I think like the language we use, um, when it comes to humans and bodies and clothes and fitness, um, and what we're striving towards can really be impactful. Can, can you talk about like how your relationship with language has changed and sort of some, maybe some faux pas or, or what you'd like to hear changed? Well, like this, this is a hard topic because I, I noticed my language to myself is much better after like I've done a workout and I'm in like a better mindset. Or if I'm wearing something that I feel good in, that's when I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, I feel sweet. Like, you know, I feel good about myself. But when clothing stores like Loft cut their plus line and that's predominantly where I shopped, where am I? Like, I have this mental freak out of where am I going to find my clothes to feel good in? Anyway, there's other, other places, but, um, I like, and I've seen this meme around a few times or people doing like reels about it. But when friends are like, you're not fat, you're beautiful. Well, I never said I was ugly, (laughs) you know, like being fat is not the same as being ugly, you know, like that, that needs to change. Like the connotation with fat needs to change. Um, I just want people to think all bodies are beautiful and like speak to it actually, Mm -hmm. and actually have that mindset, not Mm -hmm. just see it. Yeah. I think we did this really powerful exercise in the summit that one of our speakers created. Um, it was Suba Limbach and she, had all summit attendees journal what they thought about others and themselves throughout the day. So that instead of it just happening in your head, you had to write it down. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I think that was so powerful is it made you confront it and see like, this is what I'm saying about myself when I look in the mirror. And this is how it's also represented in what I'm saying in my head about people I see on the street. Granted, we aren't seeing as many people on the street because COVID. Uh, but we're still like, we're still seeing and interacting with people. We're watching content. Like we're making judgments constantly. Like how do we shift those judgments and shift the words we're using? And I think that that was just powerful to hear people and see people react to that exercise. I really like that. Um, I think one thing I've personally done, because I also like, I've had to confront language. I've had to confront like how I look at my body in the mirror and talk about it too, because I remember like mom, I love you. And I know you listen, but I remember, um, when growing up, my mom would talk about her own body and internalizing the things she hated about herself. Like she hates X, Y, and Z. And then as I see these things in my body, as like, as I become a woman and get older, should I hate them too? Which I think if I do choose to have children, if my husband and I choose to have children, like that's something like I'm in, I'm making a conscious effort to be really careful about. Oh, for sure. I remember when my nieces were born and I, I don't think I read the article, but it was like how to talk to young girls. And it was this mind flip of like, not saying they're beautiful, but saying they're like strong and like capable and like changing the narrative. And that, that is something our generation is kind of getting into, but I think the low, the the Gen Z's will really knock it out of the ballpark with that. And I think they're really going to change the narratives. 
God, I love Gen Z. <laughs> I love Gen Z so much. And, and but it's I like my side part better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been rocking a center part. I think like I'm sort of somewhere in my heart, a wannabe Gen Z. Cause I think they, they're, they're so like cause oriented and they're sort of so like devil may care about wearing mom jeans in nineties fashion. <laughs> that oh, I just want to be one. <laughs> I just want to be a Gen Z. Um, okay. Let's talk about the wellness industry. Where do we want it to go? What do we want it to be? What do you, let's talk like utopia. This is what wellness is in the, in the, I'm going to remove the word industry because industry. Yeah. (laughs) But what do we want wellness to be in the future? I want to walk into a fitness class or a gym and not feel judged like that. That is my goal for the fitness industry. Yeah. Period. Full stop. Yeah. I I echo that. That's what I want to see. I want to see, but I also think just like equity in general, like I think size inclusion and size equity is the, like the final frontier for, for wellness. And, and if we truly want to say like everyone belongs here and we're all, we are all working on ourselves here. We are all masterpieces. I'm stealing this from Jess Sims, Peloton instructor, who I love so much. (laughs) We are all masterpieces and works in progress at the exact same time. Um, If we truly believe that, then we cannot um, exclude people from from situations. We cannot make people feel unwelcome in wellness classes. Like there has to be there has to be a better way to do this in the sizes that we sell in the lobbies, um, in the, mm-hmm. in the way that we welcome people, all of it, all of it. And, and I think there are some brands, there are brands in wellness. And I, again, like I, I strike back at industry because I think like the problem is the industry <laughs> There's like wellness if we say wellness as a word, it's an adjective just describing it, or it can be a noun too, but like, just, just like a state of being where you are well. And that in and of itself isn't bad. But I think when we layer on like the industry to it, there's so much money being poured in to making us feel bad about ourselves, no matter who we are. Yeah. I'd like to see less of that, I guess. So as we wrap this up, is there anything that you want to make sure everyone who's listening knows as kind of a parting thought? Any Anything else you want to say? Sure. Um, the best way to support plus size if you are a straight-sized person is to shop wherever you shop, ask them if they are size-inclusive, and then ask them why they're not size inclusive if they're not size inclusive. I love that. I love that. Be an advocate for the plus size community wherever you shop because if if you are able to have a shopping experience, no questions asked, feel like it's it's a lovely Saturday. Think about how nice that would be for all of your friends to experience Re- that. Remember my tearful fitting yeah. fitting room <laughs> conversation. <laughs> yep. Let's all be share. <laughs> just kidding. I'm sure she was problematic if we watch it again. <laughs> probably. Yeah, probably. They all are. Well, Sarah, this has been another episode of We Got Goals. You'll hear more from Sarah this month. She'll actually be taking over as the host for a few episodes 
and interviewing a few friends, old and new, who will add on to this conversation. Uh, we'll talk about mental health. We'll talk about size equity and inclusion and everything else that comes up. This has been another episode of We Got Goals, which is an sweatlife.com production. Thank you to Sarah Pickett for being here. Thank you to Ryan Deffitt for the audio production. And thanks to you, dear listener, for listening. Thank you. 